everybody. This is Danny and just popping in before the episode to let you know that we have a special treat. We recorded our audio when we were playing Man of Medan and have pulled out some of our favorite audio clips and put them at the end of the episode. So if you're interested in that, there's some funny stuff in there. Just stick around after the outro and you can listen to us uh, goof around a little bit while we play the game. With that said, cue the intro music. Everybody and welcome back to tell us what's in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> and I am Danny, and I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, ma'am. Joanna. Joanna here with Danny. Yes. <laughs> As always, if you listen to our other episodes by now, you know our voices. Today we are moving into video game territory. We are talking about super massive games. 2019 title, Man of Medan. That's what we're talking about. These yes. are from, this is from the makers of Until Dawn. And this is part of their new anthology series. They're putting out a bunch of smaller horror games that don't take a long time to play. It took us about three hours just the two of us together. And there did this one that came out in August of 2019. The next one's supposed to be out this summer called Little Hope. I'm a big fan of Until Dawn. I love that game. I know Joanna played it as mm-hmm. well. It uh, was it was it was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we were super excited. I was super excited to do this because I had never done it before. And Joanna had played it before mm-hmm. with some with some friends. This is very interesting because it's a choose your own adventure cooperative game. And that's what's kind of unique about it. And we thought this is perfect for a podcast about relationships because not only is this about the relationships between the characters, but also if you play in co-op mode, which is really the fascinating part of this game, and I highly recommend it, is your relationship with the person you're playing with and what choices they make and how well you communicate. And oh we're yeah. Get into that. We are if you exactly, that. if you decide to communicate at all cuz there's <laughs> when you play this game co-op, man, <laughs> so many things can go wrong and it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Exactly. So just in case you don't know, we are going to be talking about spoilers of our specific run. I mean, I kind of felt like I specifically need to say this because it's a video game instead of like a book or a movie. And someone usually would know that, hey, we're going to be talking about stuff with the book. But just so you're clear, because this game can have many different endings, many different um, outcomes, we're going to be talking about specifically, we might mention what happened in our run and Joanna might mention what happened in the run that she did before. Yeah. So just be aware of that. So if you want to go play it yourself and come back, we will be here. We will be here and ready to talk and share our thoughts with you after you've had the experience. Hit hit pause. (laughs) Go play for three hours. Even if it's by yourself, doesn't matter. Come back. Come back. Yes. Um, I also thought it was very reasonable if they're going to go get the game. I thought the price was reasonable too. Just yes. as a side, it has nothing to do with relationships other than relationship from buyer to company. But I thought it was a very reasonable price, yes. thirty dollars. <laughs> so, okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. This game uh, starts out. Well, well, I'll let Joanna talk a little bit. She All right. Knows. Let's, let's start us off. What do we first do in so, this game? Yes. So you start off um, essentially playing as two soldiers, Joe and Charlie. This is about World War II era. Um, you, your ship, which is called uh, the SS Medan, 
um, or sorry, the SS Orang Medan. Orang yep. Medan Dutch ship. Uh, Orang translates to man. Um, so your ship is off the coast of Indonesia, but you basically start off in what is basically kind of like a Chinese flea market of of sorts. Um, there are kind of two games that both players um, can play as other Charlie and Joe. Um, there's a kind of like kind of like fighting with the mannequin game, like punching and everything, and you're doing that to try to like impress the pretty girl behind behind the counter. Um, or you can go talk to a fortune teller and kind of ask her whatever question you want. Um, I think it's Joe. He's a character who has a son, so you can ask ask about that. And some really, oh, see, she didn't tell me this. Yeah, but see, what <laughs> happens in the game was that we do each of the things separately. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what she was doing, and she didn't know what I was doing. Like I knew she was at the fortune teller, but I didn't know what was going on, and vice versa. I was playing Charlie. Yeah, he was playing Joe. So this is the first time learning. This is how the game works. Yes. Like, I didn't know that that was a thing because I didn't get to play Joe. I got to, I got the choice of asking how the ship, how the ship was going to go or something about like, if I was going to get laid or something like that, Uh, (laughs) which typical Charlie, typical Typical Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. I had the, like the very like kind of party guy and they seem to have a pretty good relationship sort of at first. At first. At first yeah. And then Charlie gets too drunk. Although Joe's drunk too. So when yeah. we eventually go back to the ship was very it like that whole part of like, oh, like shore shore time, leave time. Hey, get drunk as shit. Go back to your commanding yeah. officers on the ship. It felt very military. Uh- <laughs> yeah. It did. And and they get in a fight mm-hmm. and uh we get separated. Um so let's talk about the relationship between Charlie and Joe really quick. I thought these were two interesting. I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about why they might've made the choice of these two like particular soldiers mm. and like their relationship with each other and why they might've joined uh, uh, the military and how that might differentiate. It sounded like Charlie was like, uh, you know, just from my experience playing him, it was, mm. you know, I'm here to see exotic ports, you know, and <laughs> they promised me a good time, you know, that sort of thing I came from Charlie. So mm. what about, how did you feel playing Joe? I think with Joe on, um, he's definitely more of the serious one and he already um, has a family. So it kind of felt like maybe he had already been in the military um longer than charlie had um i'm not where were you clear on like what specific branch um i judging by their navy judging by their uniforms though it didn't feel very navy so i'm not really i don't know well, i'm not yeah familiar with world world war ii i think the uniforms kind of were kind specifics. of different back then mm-hmm. i think i yeah. think uh i think i think it looked navy Okay. I think they were they were navy. It makes sense since they're on the ship. It was, it was so. either navy or yeah, or air force. Air force does have carriers and stuff like that. Yeah, as well. So um, you know, so I, I've had to guess. It okay. seemed like the navy, but um, you never know. Okay, <laughs> I guess. So, I mean, we could probably figure it out. But I don't yeah, know. so but, yeah, their relationship. They and seem, yeah, very buddy buddy friendly but also this weird like distance too i don't know if that came came across it did like it was it became obvious that they have different viewpoints on things which is kind of what started kind of their their fight Mm -hmm. and stuff um it became obvious they have different point of views on life and while they were buddy buddy and they were friends it yeah Mm -hmm. it you know, it, it, there was that difference there that, that came to the fore. Um, so once you all fight, you get into and separated and you have to find each other. And what we discovered 
because we actually did kind of talk to each other a little bit and telling each other where we mm-hmm. were. I was in a locker and she, <laughs> I was in a locker and I had seen somebody weird wandering. Like I saw visions and stuff. I don't even know. It was oh, like, what, like, what visions did you see? Because I had visions okay, too. Like I saw but... a vision <laughs> of the, the fortune teller on oh. the ship and he like pulled up his like hat. He had the, the very feeling like it's racist a bit. The, yeah. The, the, the hat that lots of old movies and old timey movies had associate with Asian, you know, the, he had oh, the, and he like lifted it up yeah. and you'd see he was like dead. He was like a zombie. Mm-hmm. But I think it was you that I saw from our conversation that we were seeing each other as monsters. Oh, were you, was this like when, when you were in the locker and then it opened? Yes. Yeah. Af- after you got shot the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. About I, yeah. That. I got shot. Yeah. So it ends <laughs> up, but you know, you can see the, the relationship between them. And at least at first they get separated and then this happens and then, you move on. That's the prologue. Yeah. Um, so oh, and if if it's not already clear, there is this mysterious element that is causing these hallucinations on the ship itself. So that's why the characters of Joe and Charlie are hallucinating in a bid to split them apart. Yeah. And what ended up happening was um, my character was hallucinating his son running around the ship. What? A child, yes. Yes. And when I opened the locker um, where you were, Danny, where Charlie was, I didn't see you. I saw my son instead, but then he turned into like this zombie demonic creature. And then that's when I just started shooting. (laughs) Oh, man. And that's why I shot you. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what happens. That's the co-op. That's the the relationship. And you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, we talk, we saw what happened in game between the two characters, but we're also talking about it. Like, oh, yeah. that was you. Oh, that was me. And kind of, it's interesting. I had to see what I'm seeing and what she's seeing and they're affecting each other. It was a very kind of cool thing. But that was the prologue. <laughs> that was yeah. just the beginning to show us. And I thought that, that the relationship and the kind of differences between the two was a good way to start and mm-hmm. to kind of keep the mystery because these guys are not higher ups, right? Right. So they yeah. wouldn't know what's going on because previously, before we get into Joe and Charlie, we saw them bringing some dead uh, bodies onto the ship and we saw them bringing some mysterious box with a skull and crossbones on it onto mm-hmm. the ship, which is not good, um, which obviously us as being horror people, we kind of immediately went, yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's not going to come back to us in the butt <laughs> later on. No, nah, no, that's fine. But having Joe and Charlie being regular people, you know, lower on the totem pole, they wouldn't know about any of that. So we yeah. get to see it as we are not knowing anything, as they are not knowing anything. And we get to get their different points of view and different stories. So in the relationship that they chose between the two and the differences also gets a chance that you kind of want to play as the other person. You know, it makes you want to replay it because, you know, then I could play Joe and see what you saw, Yeah, you know, maybe make some different choices or whatever. You know, so it's a good choice also for replayability to make them different and have different attitudes and different questions of the storyteller and everything. I thought that was really good. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about what happens next. Where do we cut to for the main, main, main thing? For, for the main course. So we're basically. (laughs) Oh God, I can't wait for dessert. Joe and Charlie were the appetizers and you're starting up a five piece main course here. We are with five main characters i guess the the other three dudes which we'll get into in a bit are like the dessert right Just yeah like very on top of a perfect fucking evening <laughs> um so we're brought up to present day um and we're getting 
uh, prepared for what is going to be essentially like a dive expedition to explore a wreckage that one of the characters had kind of located uh, through doing a lot of historical research on military flight patterns. So the part of the wreck that you know we are going to find is related to the ship, um, but we're not there yet, obviously. Um, so for characters, we start off as playing brothers, uh, big brother Alex and younger bro Brad, um, who through your choices can be graduated to medium bro, if that is what you choose. We were medium bros, yo. We, we were medium. We <laughs> medium bros. Because I was like, look, I'm not going to be a dick. Whatever choices I get, I'm going to choose like the most empathetic, the most, mm-hmm. you know, chill you know, I decided not to play up the asshole, you know, which I when I was when I was playing because I started off as Alex and you started off as Brad. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my approach as well. I wanted to be nice to my younger brother because the first time I played it with a former co- co-worker of mine, um, I, I was I was Alex as well. And I, I was just a total dick to my younger brother. Uh, <laughs> um, so that obviously is, is sets up, you know, cer- certain availability of choices later on in the game and that builds your relationship. Um, and every time what's, what's interesting too, um, not just about this game, but this was something that's super massive had implemented um with until dawn is your whatever choices you make get recorded in the game system itself so you can go into the menu and see how your relationship is forming with the other characters um so you can do that with with this game as well so it literally has a relationship tracker right (laughs) and it makes you make your choices about how you're going to play this relationship. So, you know, Brad and Alex in our version that you and I played mm. had a very good relationship because we both chose to be empathetic and cool and, you know, love our, our brother or, you know, try to be cool with them and everything like that. And that was the choices we two as players made, but how would that have changed if we both just decided that we were going to be jerks? You know, like, that's the cool part about it. Like, our relationship was good in this, and that was how we played it. So in our version of it, when we talk about Alex and Brad, they have a very good relationship because that's how we played it. But in another version, it might not be that way, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, interesting. Which I can kind of... Like without like the the thing with this game is if you want to like really dig into all these possibilities, you got to go through it like four, five, maybe even six times, right? Um, you could do it on your own too. You can play it on like couch co-op and pass the controller around to to your friends. But it's it's very unique playing it just with somebody else remotely because you're not privy to certain scenes or some choices as to what the other person is making. So. In this, like, one scene, we're having, like, Alex and Brad are having this really heart-to-heart moment. Um, And they're waiting for Julia, which is Alex's girlfriend, to come on with her brother, Con. Conrad, uh, and we'll get into oh, him Conrad. in a second. <laughs> but um, there's there's this moment where you see Alex pull out a ring box with an engagement ring in it. So you obviously know, oh, he wants to fucking propose to Julia. So depending on how you have played Alex and Brad, just up to that very short point, um, if the relationship between the two are good, or that's how you're choosing to play it. Um, uh, whoever is playing Brad will have a choice that will give Alex the confidence to propose to Julia, but you can actually convince him not to. So then later on when the other person is playing Alex in the dive scene with Julia, there isn't an option to propose, I think. I haven't played that, but Danny, you have. I did. I did get yeah. the option to propose. There I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no, 
I think you make the choices before and no, that's, it just happened. It, it just, so I think it just, it just, blue. it goes to up to that point and it says, okay, if it's past this, he's going to propose or he doesn't mm-hmm. I was playing Julia and I had to make the choice of whether I was going to say yes or not oh. rather than if, if, uh, he was going to propose. So I, I got to choose her answer. But I think that moment with um, Brad was the one that kind of decided if he would, like, if mm-hmm. he would get that little scene or not. Yeah. 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 Because I, I remember playing Alex at specific points in my first playthrough when the game first released. And there, like, things between Julia and I got a little heated at one point before they went down to, you know, explore, explore this wreckage. So no proposal of ever happened. And I'm assuming it's even possible for them to like kind of break up, but I haven't explored that. So I don't know if that is the case or not. Maybe anybody who's listening um, has, and that would be like fantastic to, to hear. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Comment and let us know, like if you can break them up or not. (laughs) But that's kind of really interesting mm-hmm. about how they played that with the relationship, like the whole future of Alex's life, kind of his brother was like an influence on whether, mm-hmm. you know, he was trying to make this big decision in his life. And depending on how you, the player, decide to act, you know, influences that later on, yeah. which I thought, you know, was really cool. Absolutely. Um, and not to mention just that uh, Alex and Brad as characters like I don't know if you got the same sense but like they're also not very close and it's because not just because they're both doing two different like career paths uh Alex is in med school I don't think they said what Brad what Brad was doing but um they're I don't think either one is significantly older or younger than the other one but they're both extremely different people Alex is more athletic um, he's more athletic more of jockey a, yeah and yeah brad is more like nerdy more bookish more yeah so know. they're they're already you know kind just based on their interests and personalities they're already kind of like aliens to each other and this whole kind of like dive outing is I, it, like Alex's way of extending an olive branch and being like, hey, little bro, you know, you come try this dive out with us, you know, get out, explore your your horizons. And I don't think Brad would have made that choice on his own because he's definitely not the adventurous type. He's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I mean, he's he's the one that discovered where this wreck was, the coordinates and everything. Mm-hmm. So, and Alex didn't do that. So, you know, it, it's kind of nice that, um, you know, in some in some of the choices that you are able to make as Alex is very encouraging to Brad to come and do the dive with you as sort of a thank you for figuring this shit out because nobody has explored this wreck before for reasons that you kind of discover as the scene goes on. So I felt like in our version, they like respected each other for their differences because we were playing it as trying to be, you know, the best people we could be. Um, And we didn't discuss that. We just kind of made those choices. Um, But in our version, they it, they at least gave it the feel that they kind of respected each other for their differences too and kind of looked up to each other for being the different people that they were. Now, it would be interesting, as we're probably going to say a lot, to go back and see how how we can, and you can influence that by making different choices instead of making, it just goes to show the whole thing, and even until dawn, is how you act and your choices influence the people around you. Mm-hmm. You know, they affect the people around you. You know, the whole butterfly effect is the whole idea behind Until Dawn in these games. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a good job of showing that if you really sit there and think about it. Um, Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. So let's talk about Julia and Conrad. Yeah. And then let's talk about Alex and Julia. So let's talk about the other pair of siblings. 
Yes. And then we'll get into Fliss too. The yes. captain of the boat. Yes, yeah. the captain. Best <laughs> character, honestly. Oh, yeah. By far. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Conrad mm-hmm. and Juliet, brother and sisters, brother and sister. Um, I guessed that Conrad was younger than her. I don't think it said, but I think he's younger than her. I kind of got that feeling too. I mean, he's in a similar vein to Alex. He's like the more jockey type, but because they come from a wealthy family, he's got a way bigger like cavalier attitude. I can get away with yeah. anything. Breaking type, rules type whatever. Thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you have Conrad, who really is like a party boy, a playboy, rich, typical rich playboy party boy. You know, I, I did get the feeling, you know, when I was Conrad, you know, we both we both kind of got to be everybody at some point. Mm-hmm. So when I was playing Conrad, I at least got the sense that he wasn't all bad underneath. And you get to see that a little bit later, that he's not all bad it's just by virtue of growing up with the privilege that he did yeah you know might have exaggerated some of his you know not so great tendencies you know and juliet could be a prima donna when i was playing her so that's kind of their basic personalities so let's talk about their relationship what do you think their their relationship between the two in our version yeah, I think it's definitely a lot less cut and dry like Alex and Brad because I don't think in this game there's ever a moment where the players where one of us is playing Julia and the other one is playing Conrad. There isn't hmm. so much I mean, yeah, there 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 isn't so much of a focus on the relationship between those two as siblings as there is for Alex and Brad or even like with Fliss. Yeah. The player, like you, you as the player, you're not, yeah, you're never really. Why do you think they made that choice? I mean, that's interesting. Because you do get a lot more in Alex's relationship. Yeah. Much more focuses on Julia as Alex's girlfriend. Fiance if, if, yeah. Than it does on like Julia and Conrad's relationship. Maybe, I mean, that tells me that the writers felt like their relationship wasn't, like their relationship together wasn't important. But you see, since you do get to play them, you get to see how they relate to everybody else. So to kind of go back to to that dive scene when, um, Danny, when you were under the water diving as Julia with Alex. Yeah, what I, was going on up there? I don't what know, was what going was on the going, boat? <laughs> what was going on? I mean, I didn't know. I was down there yeah. swimming around. Yeah. Um, basically, I was... So this at this point, Brad had drank too much and he got a little seasick. So he went down to bed. Yeah. And so, that was my choice. That is another consequence. Oh. I actually had the choice not to take the beer. I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't taken the beer, but I decided I was going to be like, cool. I was going to be like, yeah, you know, I'll drink the beer. Cause that was me playing Brad who made the choice. It was yeah. actually a choice I got to make. So I wonder kind of what would happen if I just hadn't taken the beer and I didn't get sick. Interesting. And I getting sick. Huh. Actually, you know what would have happened? Because he wouldn't have been in the bedroom when the dude showed up. He oh. wouldn't have been there to be able to, like, help. He would have been probably tied up with the rest of them, I bet. That's right, because he was, oh, shit. All right. Well, well, okay. We'll get to the boat hijackers in a second. Obviously there's so much stuff that, that, that happens. But, um, when I was on top of the boat, I was playing Conrad and the only other person there with me was Fliss. Who's the boat captain, right? Who already kind of doesn't like these people doing this dive because she thinks that they're all disturbing a burial resting place because there's skeletons, <laughs> like literal skeletons in, in not just in the ship, but yeah, in the in, in the plane, right? Which I um, got to see. Yay. Yeah. I still haven't awesome. seen it. I didn't get to play that for my- And just for the record, Fliss was right. 
Just Plus, in case anybody was wondering, Plus was right. Yes. She was a Ripley here. <laughs> she was a Yes. Ripley. Yeah, she's very much tuned into with like urban legends and the supernatural of that particular area because that's where she lives, that's where she works, and she's trying to convince everybody to see things her way. But basically, I'm on top of the ship. I'm Connor, or am I Connor. Fliss? No, I wasn't Connor. I was playing as Fliss while you were playing as Julia. So that further cements my theory um, that there is no point in time where where both players get to be one Julia, one Conrad at all. Because I was Fliss and I was trying to ward off little Connie's (laughs) advances right that yeah. you had set up originally because you were conrad at yeah first, that's right and you that's were flirting right. with Liz. So. yeah i did set that up i did i was like well couldn't hurt i mean maybe she's into me i don't know no but yeah <laughs> she wasn't i, I, she wasn't. I shut Spoilers, that shit she down she wasn't <laughs> i'm like no dude yeah Boy. um Boy. But yeah, yeah, but you're right. So between Julia and Conrad, there really wasn't. They just, for whatever reason, the writers chose not to focus on that sibling relationship. They definitely put Brad and Alex's sibling relationship ahead, ahead. of Conrad and right. Julia. Yeah, sure. and Julia and Alex's relationship, and then how Conrad is with the people around him. But there isn't a whole lot of stuff between him him and his sister it's kind of it feels almost like like fake (laughs) yeah yeah you know kind of I mean I guess you have to make a choice since the game is so short you know you can't possibly develop them all I mean if it were the length of until dawn Mm -hmm. they probably could have done that yeah but um it it wasn't so they just kind of i think let go of that particular relationship in favor of building up brad and alex and julia and alex mm-hmm. the mummy along so we just kind of determined you don't really get a lot of conrad and julia's relationship um brad and i mean uh julia and alex girlfriend boyfriend girlfriend and then fiance now when i, I our version they had a really good relationship because i kept being like super sympathetic boyfriend and super are you okay and and all of this sort of stuff any choice that i made and so i ended up when i was julia he proposes underneath the water it was very romantic so um yeah cheese ball (laughs) (laughs) i would have said i said yes because you know that is a good yes here we were diving and all this and and everything and yeah so they had a good relationship as far as our version um Mm -hmm. they 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 ended up having a good relationship but i think that's due to our choices yeah, uh, that they very that, much. That there was definitely options where you could break that and and just have them not be close anymore. So that's that's one of the definite big relationships that you can affect that has big big consequences later. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure. So, how did you feel about Julia and Alex's relationship? I mean, Julia as a character. Like, she annoyed the ever-living crap out of me. So, like, my relationship with her, I think I only got to play her, like, a very limited amount of time, and that was later on in the game when it was, like, strict, like, survival mode. Um, But I... There was one moment on top of the ship where I was playing Alex um, and I was trying to do the whole like, you know, be nice to her and everything. So I was purposefully picking the opposite of what I chose the first time that that I played. And then there were some instances where I would say something really sweet and then she would come back with like a fucking smart ass sarcastic remark yeah yeah and so even if you're nice to her she still responds with sarcasm yes that's yeah like there was a moment when we're getting the rebreathers all 
set up right before the dive and she goes, so you miss me? And I guess that's a reference to like, um, maybe they hadn't seen each other um, for a while before, before this. And I had an option to come back with a sarcastic remark and teaser a little bit or come back with the sincere remark. Um, and I chose the sincere one and Alex said something along the lines of like, you know, every second of every day. And then Julie is just like, whoa there, that's a little much. And I was just like, God, bitch. (laughs) Oh my God. I regret saying yes now. I regret like having that whole thing. Right right now, because yeah, right. so that's interesting. That even when you make the good choices, she's still kind of a bitch. She is. Like, that's just who like, she is. Like so. even if you're, yeah, man. And I tried to make her good, but honestly, now that I think about it, her choices were not that great either. Like, no, even what you're given as a player, it's you know when you play her. Yeah, yeah. Because even when she said yes. Like, I still had to get to this point. That point, I couldn't say yes right away. Like, I had to, like, have and ha a little bit and everything. Yeah, oh. it's true. It's true. And Alice was, like, flipping out. Like, um, you know, are you going to say something? You know, like, are you going to say yes or no or whatever? And it's <laughs> like, uh, yes. And she's like, yes, yes, of course, you idiot. You know, and all that stuff. So she wasn't mm-hmm. even, like, super romantic when she said yes. And then she was kind of more concentrating on like it would make a cool story or whatever. So they did have a moment later on where they were talking about making plans. And I got to be Juliet and I actually did get to be like, oh, I can't start, wait to start making wedding plans. Oh, interesting. After we came back up and we were going through the photos and stuff that we found. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she did get to have a little bit, a little bit of like, oh yeah, I can't wait to plan everything and all that stuff. I would even argue at that point, though, she's probably more excited about a wedding than a marriage. Yo, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'll be real. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Which I I wonder if now moving into uh, the surprise visitors on the boat uh, that basically take it over and it's the I'm the captain now moment. We got these like three local fishermen who are not really fishermen. They're out to steal a boat so they can go search for the treasure that is supposedly on this yes. Madan ship that we originally were on at the beginning of the game, this ghost yeah. ship. Yeah, Maturian the- Gold. They were Maturian looking- Gold. Hey, I tell you, it ain't meant there's no gold. It ain't gold. We, we knew that going into it. Like, nah, there's, there's no gold. We already know this. But yeah, yeah. so these, these unscrupulous men, uh, Danny Jr. and uh, Olsen, who I think it's only um, Jr. and Olsen who are able to speak French and Danny isn't, or am I yeah, getting yeah, the names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny isn't. Mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so they come on board and the way this relates to Julia and Alex is eventually they steal Julia's engagement ring, which I felt very fitting for how I kind of feel like the relationship is is fake. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they just take it, but I I don't know if that's what happens every single time. Um, or if you're able to change it based on your decisions. So I think just from what I've been able to gather that they take it every time. But if you play it right, you can get the ring back. Mm, assuming no, you don't die. Yeah, well, what- which <laughs> which which we 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 had a problem with that um yo this, <laughs> out right. of nowhere out of nowhere anyway so we're talking about those three yeah they take the ring um they show up and they take the ring and kind of hold them hostage to try to get information about where this place is um where the ship is the ship that we were at at the beginning is charlie and joe they're kind of looking for it and the coordinates and everything to try to find where this Venturian gold is and find that these guys have already dived down and checked out the plane that they were going to, which was, uh, sensibly you find out is, was a rescue plane that was being sent to the ship 
to to get you know to help or whatever and it went down and so they dove that found the location of the big boat that we were on as joe and charlie and everything Mm -hmm. um and these three came along so but i think before we talk about those three and like their relationship let's talk about fliss yeah we haven't talked about fliss yet fliss is the final the fifth main character um the captain of the duke of milan which is the little boat that they're on Mm -hmm. and um I felt like her relationship with the others was very like, I can't believe I have to wrangle these yahoos. Right? <laughs> like she always said, all right, you're the client. All right, you're the client as she is just yeah. dying a little more inside each time with their with their decision. Cause she's totally against this dive. Um, and once she finds out like what they're going to explore, she's like, oh my God, this is an actual like, you know, mil- military wreckage. You know, the proper thing to do is call it into the authorities. Um, and I think whoever you play at that point talking back to Fliss, I actually don't think there is a way to tell her like okay yeah sure let's report it it's just are you are you gonna be nice to her and be like we understand your concerns but we're gonna do it this way or be um, told will be a dick to her actually you know what i i remember happening was mm. i as alec no as conrad got to say something like you know no you know you're right we should do that and then julia freaking cuts me off oh yeah it's Julia. So, and neither one of us were playing her at the time. So mm-hmm. it really doesn't give you an option not to insist because that would kind of break the story a little bit. Yes. But it's totally in character for Julia to do that. So I believe I was playing Conrad. And yes, because I remember I said something about, well, we should listen to her. And Julia was like, you just want to get into her pants or whatever. <laughs> and Conrad was like, well, Yes, but, but I'm not disagreeing no, but that. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not disagreeing because of that. But you know, she's the captain and everything, and then Julia's like, "Shut up, Conrad!" And she's like, "Look, we played a lot of money to do this, so like mm-hmm. we're doing it." And neither one of us were playing her, so you don't really get that choice. Like you're going diving, right. whether you like it or not. So right, and Julia's at this point already making a bunch of snippy comments about Fliss and she's like I swear to God if she says we can't do this one more time blah 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 she's like ready to throw down with Fliss and I'm like Julia Hun, Fliss will kick your ass (laughs) she will kick your ass she will kick your ass (laughs) yeah so I don't think Fliss's relationship is good with any of them necessarily no at all you know she's there just you know, trying to make the money to, to take these people where they want to go and just trying to steer them in the right direction. But they don't make the right choices. No. So <laughs> they don't. But um, she becomes definitely a lot, I I would say in some ways, um, more of a leader figure once the ship does get boarded because it's Fliss for majority of the time who's up there trying to speak with these crazy people that are taking command of the ship you know yeah. so she- and what was going because you were playing fliss i was down like, yeah. tied up and shit so i didn't know what was going on but like what was because they kept we kept talking about me as the person who was down there with the others yeah we were talking about like why they were so interested in fliss and even suspecting <clears throat> that she might be involved somehow so like what was going on up there mm-hmm. like did she have a relationship with these three like did no. she know them at all no well fliss um she has a little bit of a sorted backstory too so oh, if yeah so backstory if, yes so if i you, didn't get any of this so so which how again how interesting how the games it because of the way that it's set up with the two-player version, our relationship to the characters and the story and the game as a whole is totally different. Yeah. And but we played we played the same game. Um so there are a couple little things you can find around the ship that pertain to Fliss. One 
is um, an ID. Um, that's like a certificate ID, which she would need to have to captain this boat for these dives and everything else. Um, plain as Alex, you discover this and, um, it immediately looks fake to you. Um, so you can have the choice to bring this up with Julia and Conrad or keep it to yourself. Um, you kept it to yourself, didn't you? Cause I didn't get any. Arguments yeah, I, I kept it to myself. Um, but then you have a choice later on to bring it up with Fliss. Um, no, see, I did not get any. Yeah. <laughs> so I chose to bring it up with Fliss later, which immediately changed our relationship because she knew I was calling her out on this, right? So when I'm trying to convince her to cool it about the dive, I'm like, well, your credentials are fake anyways. So she's like, oh, is that why she, oh my God, I did not know that. Yeah. Whoa. So bit of power dynamics going on between Alex and Fliss. Whoa. And of course, Alex is doing that on behalf of Julia, really. So that's why Fliss yeah, backs off that, yeah. because she's like, shit, somebody has something on me. Right. And the choices are like, okay, well, I better, you know, just cool it. But um, I didn't find it again this time around. So I don't know if they moved the item or took it out because maybe um, story-wise or character development-wise, it was a little confusing. But when I first played it, there is also kind of like um, a statement or a bank letter that you can find in the cabin that basically says that, oh, Fliss isn't the owner of the boat. And the uh, real owner of the boat is in debt, if I remember correctly. Oh, so man. this boat isn't Fliss's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, because we don't know what happened before she showed up on the dock. Yeah. So we don't know why she, if she doesn't own it. Yeah. Whatever. Like, was it the same name or something? Like, was it her relative? Like a father? Or something no. Like that did say the name? Not that I remember, no. Oh. So, I mean, there's a bit, knowing that information, there is a little bit of an implication that these men that board the boat like somehow know no. all of this and the reason why i say that is because when i was on top i'm mouthing off to i think like olsen yeah. right and the storm's coming in and there's 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 a moment where he makes me radio the coast guard to like give an update status on or like to to get an update on the weather so we can figure out if it's going to be okay to keep going and as fliss i have a choice to you know either comply with this guy and not call for help or anything like that or i have an option to call for help right um the first time i played it i didn't send out an sos right I um, just complied and asked for an update, and that was that. This time around, I was just like, help, we've been boarded, SOS, send somebody to location, and the dude just like clocks me hard across, across the jaw. Um, but then, for whatever reason, when as Fliss, um, when the storm happens and I almost fall off the boat, the same guy saves me. And he's like, see, see how much better it is to work, to work together. Oh yeah. So I think there's a little bit of something you don't really, and that's all you get hmm. from Fliss's perspective. So it may, it makes me think that there's some sort of connection between Fliss and these and these three guys yeah. and maybe they followed her out there because what are these three random guys like they just somehow know yeah. where where we're going right so yeah. and, and very interesting yeah yeah because Fliss is the only one that doesn't have a personal connection to one or more of the other four so she's kind of interesting in that you know she goes from, you know, these guys are a pain in my butt. I'm trying to do the right thing and get them to do this so we can get money. And then later on, like, okay, we need to survive now. Yeah. You know, so interesting. So we have just a few more people to talk about. Um, we can talk about the three fishermen themselves, specifically, uh, you know, Danny, um, 
relationship the one of them uh, doesn't really get developed too too much but you do get a little bit between junior and olsen because they seem to be brothers yes um so you do get a little bit and you do get that junior is not completely cool with everything going on i do get that impression i did get to spend some time with him down uh when we were tied up and stuff and mm -hmm. we spent that time and he had the gun on us and everything. Um, so I do get the sense that he wasn't completely on board with everything they were doing. And then you overhear the conversation on the boat when you finally get to the Arangmadan um, and they lock you in there and you overhear their conversation in French mm -hmm. um, about, and they're not, uh, he's not kind of down with like leaving us there and all of that and and everything so kind of an interesting bit do you have anything to say about that particular the dynamic of those three um nothing like more like to analyze really because we're not given a whole lot but also like danny going into it is really the more superstitious one out of the whole group. So he has the same kind of level of caution as Fliss does. Mm -hmm. And so just similarity wise, that's kind of, you know, things that I um, noticed, but of course, once you're on the actual ship, <laughs> it <laughs> was <laughs> am amazing amazing so <sighs> good, yeah good. it just kind of goes all apart there um so the last character hmm. i think and, and the one that will kind of get into our relationship as the players is the curator yes the curator guy who talks to you as the player as telling you you know you are making these decisions and i'm here just to record your story essentially and he was in a very uh nautical looking you know it looked like ship stairs that we were down in a galley behind him with the books and everything mm -hmm. um and i swear i swear i found this guy when i was wandering around the ship oh yeah that's right i swear i saw him so here's what i'm gonna find interesting is if when we play little hope or at least when I play or however that happens, mm. my guess, here's my guess, and it's on record, is that the curator is going to look different, but it's going to be the same character. He's going to mm. look different, mm. but it's going to be the same. Like he took on the visage of this dead soldier that was on the ship when he's talking to you. But in Little Hope, he'll probably be another form of a body that you find. And the curator just takes on these forms because he's a... My bet. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, it goes... It, it's very fitting with Man of Medan anyways, because the whole thing is about perception. Mm -hmm. And based on your relationships with each other, how that influences that yes. perception, right? Uh, the creator is the puppet master, for sure. Like, he can give you hints if you ask him for it, you know, during, during those scenes. Um, but but you I have to agree. Oh, that's right. Yes, you and the other player get like if you want kind of a glimpse into your future or a hint um you and the other player have to make the same decision but you don't know you're making that decision yeah. at the same time i suppose we could have talked to each other um that was an opportunity we could have said hey i'm getting this choice do you want the hint or not we could have yeah. done that um we didn't and we just happened to choose the same thing so that was good yeah um, i th i th i think the game is a lot more fun if you know one you play it with somebody else and two if you don't talk about what is happening in your separate scenes yeah. because then that also kind of reveals more information about the person you're playing with and your personal relationship to them to see if you if you think the same way you know yeah. or if you yeah so not not only is the game playing mind tricks on the characters in it but the way that it is set up when you play 
as two people. It's playing mind tricks on you and trying to pit you against the other player. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you got to agree. And there was a point in the game where we had to agree on if we were going to run down the hallway or run this way. Oh, yeah. I was playing as... You were Alex. I was Julia. Yeah. And and we didn't choose the same one. (laughs) So we ended up getting separated. Um, And I guess I would have to sit and think about the consequences of that and what happened Mm -hmm. and everything. But there were also points. I mean, because now we're getting into us as the players you know we've kind of talked about all the other characters and but now we're kind of talking about us as the players because there were points when I'm like okay Joanna are you there (laughs) because I'm seeing the character you're playing right now right now so please tell me that that's you (laughs) yeah and then there were some moments where it was like no I'm not right there and then realized oh crap my character is hallucinating. And then fortunately we communicated because I'm like, are you here? Because I was seeing a monster in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where are you right now? Where's your character? Where's Fliss? Because you were playing Fliss and I was playing Brad, I think. Yeah. And, you know, we saw each other and you were like, oh, I'm in the storage. And I'm like, that's where I am too. I'm like, this must be you. So I'm not going to do anything. And I ended up not killing you. Yeah. Because we communicated like, hey, <laughs> like, where are you at? So that's kind of an interesting, you know, will you communicate? And when will you communicate? Will you pick up what's going on and know that you need to communicate? You know, and I did that because I remember just after we played the beginning with Charlie and Joe, we were talking about like, while we were waiting for the rest of it, I was like, oh, I was in this locker. And you're like, I shot a locker. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you were that dude and and so then I realized that this might be continuing to be a mm-hmm. thing like if you if you mistake something for somebody else so that's why I was checking yeah and everything but yeah so I mean it was just so so interesting how that how that worked out yeah should should we uh I don't know at least tell everybody the ending that we got we got girls night out baby we were girls night out girls night (laughs) Night out out. (laughs) which was so fitting so fitting because the girls were playing man and madan and so julia and fliss were the only ones uh were the only ones that survived i won't Uh, say version yeah I, i i won't say what got the other characters killed just know that obviously they can die if you screw up. Yeah. Or you miss all of them can uh, die. You can quick kill time all event. of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I want to do another playthrough and try to pick the right ones to get everybody killed. Yeah, and see what <laughs> that'd happens. That would be great. Um, what was I going to say? But yeah, we got that ending, which is interesting because it's the, the two characters who were at the most odds against each other the entire time. Yeah ended up making it off the yeah, yeah, um yeah. man of medan the boys just couldn't hack shit. It. the boys couldn't hack it so they <laughs> so they got hacked they got hacked yeah what happened the first time you played it happened the first time i played it um da, 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 who died so i had so everybody was alive including connor and i i will say connor died before we got on the big ship but I'm not going to tell you how he died because yeah. you need to make your decisions on your own. <laughs> but um, all See, all and of I us, never got to, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, all of us, like, made it onto the ship. But I think, I think it was Julia and Conrad at the end when I first played it. Ah, uh, yes. Just those two? Just those two. Yeah. So the uh, siblings survived and they're driving the Duke of Milan away. So Fliss, Alex, and Brad got the axe. Ah. So. Indeed. Interesting. There's so many combos that you could have. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to, like, figure out or see all the combos and see kind of what endings come come with that yeah because that's a lot because you could have you know all of them survive and then going from there you could have all but one yeah and since there's five of them that's like 
five different choices of all but one. Yeah. You could have all but Julia. You could have all but Alex. You could have all but Brad. You could have all but Conrad, all but Fliss, you know? So you kind of just go down from there. So that's a lot of combos. It is. It's still very much like until dawn, but a little harder with Man of Medan if you're playing co-op because yeah. you're still you're you're you know you you switch perspectives and if you and the other player are playing a character in two different ways like yeah. you're you're changing the trajectory of the story or what maybe options you have once you get control of yeah. that person back yep so. indeed indeed it is a well, well, I highly trip. recommend it. I had a blast. I I thought it was super fun. I want to play it with my husband and yeah. see what he's going to do. We can do the couch mode um, at his computer and, and do that. And oh, yeah. Really fun. And I'm excited for Little Hope. Me too. And I'm excited to see that come out this summer um, and see what others they have in this little short horror, yeah. like, anthology. So, yeah. So... I think Perfect. wow, yeah. We yeah, play we through this. Yeah. Play Man of Medan, you will not regret it. Like, even if the story like is easy to predict, which for us it was, you, you know. We're um, horror writers. Because we we're horror writers, right? Like, this is what it is. Yeah, it? but but it's the aspect of actually making those decisions with somebody else that you cannot prepare for. And this is the only game like it. Like, I think there's, um, there was one other game where you can play co-op and it's called a way out and it's on, I, I forget who made it, but it's on the origin store and cause it's an EA game. Um, I think, but, um, you're, you're working together on a split screen. So it's not the same as Man of Medan. In A Way Out, you're two con men trying to break out of prison, right? <laughs> so you, nice. you literally have to work together the entire time. Uh, whereas this one, it's just like, ah, you can, you can, you cannot. I don't know. We'll see what happens and throwing all the supernatural chaos at you. So looking forward to seeing how Little Hope, which I think it seems like it deals with witches just yeah. based on the uh, trailer, on um, how, you know, they're going to pit co-op players against or with each other with that one because this, this is so much fun. It is You fun. have it to is play fun. it with somebody. You should. You should. <laughs> Definitely play it with somebody. Yeah. You don't have to, but it is super fun playing with somebody yeah absolutely all right for next time uh we are moving away from comic book i'm not comic but we're moving to comic books we're moving away from video games we will be talking about um lock and key which is a comic book series written by joe hill and illustrated by gabriel Rodriguez. Um, yes, if you have been watching the Netflix series Lock and Key, it is the it's it's adapted from this comic book series. But we're not going to be talking about the ne- the Netflix series. We're going to be talking about the actual comic books, graphic novels. What is the difference between between those two? It, um, it, graphic novels tend to be longer, bigger arcs. They tend to be bigger, but gotcha. I mean they're essentially kind of. I always think comic books is shorter you know, mm. more serialized, whereas graphic novels tend to be a novel in graphic form. They're longer and they might have gotcha. different volumes, but they're essentially, that's how I think of the difference personally. That, that makes sense. Maybe like how they're released too has mm-hmm. something, but anyways, but yeah, so that is what we have on the docket for next time. So if you enjoy this episode, you know, give us a follow on Twitter at uh, the box underscore podcast um we're on podbean apple podcasts spotify and stitcher so hopefully y'all listen to one of those you can easily find us um if you enjoyed this episode leave us a comment on twitter or on comment ask us stuff tell us what you want yeah come discuss especially if you played played this game or watched or read any of the other stuff we've already talked about we want to continue on the conversation with y'all 
because that's what we do. We love it. It's fun. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode today and until next time. apologize ahead of time if I kill you. Fuck out of my way. Oh, uh, look. I have a feeling this knife ain't gonna do shit. And I just had a heart attack and died. And I just dove into a locker, got shot at, and died. Oh shit, I was shooting out a locker, but it was a child that that went into the locker. No, no, it was me, bro! <laughs> bro! I was hallucinating. I was hallucinating. Hey, sailor, you are fucked, dude. Some little crafty and chisney. Are you ready to be legends? Legendary! Fuck you, Conrad. <laughs> Conrad! What a chode name. Radical? You just call me Radical? Oh, God, I hate you. <laughs> I just push you over the boat. Can I kick my girlfriend off the boat already? Jesus. <laughs> God, I'm Julia. Why don't I listen to you? I don't know. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Fucking Conrad. You're making it worse. You're supposed to be quiet. Oh my god. Are you seriously gonna try to propose to me right now? <laughs> I want Conrad to die so bad. Oh! Conrad, you idiot. What? What, what just happened? I was taught an explosion. No, you should have. You need to share, though. You need to pass past the pass, flask, pass the flask, you. Sorry about Conrad, alright. Nah, whatever. It's fine. Oh, shit. I fucked up. Drugs? Gas? Hallucination? Yeah, that's probably what it is. Supernatural drugs.